everybody, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I, as always, am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. It's me, it's me, casualty, CDG, retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and welcome to episode 51 of Fresh Out the Podcast. We've got a few things on deck today, some some things that are relevant and maybe not so much so, but we've got, we'll, we'll talk the Kenobi finale here in a little bit. We I'm going to talk Lightyear. Um, we're going to talk Umbrella Academy season three. Is that right? Third season? Yeah, that's yes, right. Season three. Um, yeah, but uh, t- to kick it off, I wanted to talk about Lightyear for multiple reasons. Um, one, I saw it, uh, and it's okay. I think that it's it's getting kind of some mixed responses from people. I was probably on the more positive end, but I can understand why some people are maybe taking issue with it. But what's interesting is that we've had some movies coming out recently in the past few weeks. I mean, Top Gun Maverick's doing awesome still. Top Gun Maverick, uh, I believe, just became the highest grossing movie of the year so far. It's surpassed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, it's That's on its way. Crazy. Yeah, it's going to cross the billion dollar mark probably within the next few days or so or, or next week. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's getting it's already past 900 million so it's already tom cruise's highest grossing movie he's ever had uh it's paramount Jeez. i believe their highest grossing movie in the history of the studio so yeah top gun maverick doing i feel like i don't know what world you people live in M- me and my friends haven't seen this movie I we seen don't it. care yeah we we don't care you're like the only person i know we're not only have i seen it I saw it again today <laughs> and liked it even more than I did the first time. Wow. That's it's, nuts. It's so good. It's it's just, I went and saw, I had already seen it. I went and saw it with my wife this time so she could see it. And um, I said this before when we initially reviewed it. I don't know how else to put it other than it's just the most movie movie that I've seen in the past five still years. Still doesn't ago. mean anything. It didn't <laughs> I mean, mean anything like, and it still doesn't. It's got great action. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It does everything. I, uh, what I don't, it's an original story. It'll teach it's a kid just, how to not, ride a bike. I love all the comic <laughs> movies and all that stuff. There's just something about this that feels more classic movie, yet it's a modern film. I, the closest I mean, comparison I, go, I, I have is the way that I felt after seeing uh, Mad Max Fury Road when that came out. Ooh, that's, that that's was a good the one. Comparison I have. That was a mind-blowing cinematic experience for real. It reminds me of how I felt after I left the theater after the first Independence Day when I was a kid. And I'm not it saying really blew that my hair back. Top Gun Maverick is better than Mad Max Fury Road, to be clear. But I'm just saying that it gave me that feeling of, like, yes, movies. movies. In order to be popular, Power you don't have cinema. to be good. You just have to appeal to <laughs> the slack-shot masses. <laughs> and you're saying that Lightyear is way better than Top Gun. No. So so here's this is what's <laughs> interesting. I'm definitely not saying that. Um, you know, the, the box office 
has been doing pretty well, all things considered. There's not nearly the same amount of movies coming out as there were pre-pandemic, but there's movies coming out, and they're making some decent money. You know, Jurassic World Dominion had a really good opening weekend. But the crazy thing is that, you know, before a movie comes out, there's the studios put out a estimate of, we think this movie is going to make about X amount of money this weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And usually that number is on the low end because then when the number's higher than that, they can brag and say, Oh, Hey, we, you know, we made all this money and it's great. Um, so, so they just go, I think it's going to make $10. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, cause they still want to show they have confidence in their mm. movie. Right. Mm. So Lightyear is interesting because the initial forecast was that it was going to come out and make 70 to $80 million in its opening weekend. And it barely crossed the $50 million mark. So not Ooh. only did it come in under expectations, it came in significantly yeah. under expectations. And I'm looking at, uh, so, so yeah, so Jurassic World Dominion topped Lightyear in Lightyear's opening weekend during Jurassic World Dominion's second weekend. So that's, that's pretty significant. I'm looking right now what deadline's reporting for the box office this week. Um, the big new release this week was Elvis, the new Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. And it's as heading towards around 31 million and it'll be probably number one. Number two is looking to be, let's see, I believe Top Gun Maverick is supposed to be number two, which is crazy that it is now surpassing Jurassic World Dominion again. Top Gun Maverick's estimated to make about 30 million. The Black Phone, the new horror movie starring Ethan Oh, Hawk, that looks, I think that looks really, really good. good, yeah. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, is estimated 23. Jurassic World Dominion, probably around 26. And Lightyear, estimated to make about 17 to 19 million. So over a 50% drop from its already underwhelming opening weekend. So I just find it really interesting because... Gary and I talked about this a little bit the past week, Jahans, uh-huh. just to, just to loop you in on that about why this has happened and, and just how weird Lightyear is from a premise standpoint, because it's a spinoff of the Toy Story movies, which are pretty surefire box office bets in the past. And Pixar in general yeah. is is typically been a, bo- you know, a pretty sure box office bet. But this is the first Pixar movie to come out in theaters since Onward which Onward came out right at the beginning of the pandemic and it got pulled theaters closed while it was still showing. And then it came out on Disney plus not long after. And since then we've had soul Luca and turning red all go straight to Disney plus. So this is the first Pixar movie to be released in theaters since the beginning of the pandemic and it's underperformed. And there's lots of, there's lots of, of, dialogue out there as to why that could be you know Lightyear got a little bit of um an interesting press cycle because there were so many headlines about the the gay kiss that took place in it which is super tasteful in the movie and such a small moment that's like absolutely not worth anybody ever making a big deal about it's so silly you heard about that theater in Oklahoma right I I did not what happened here they put up a like a warning on like a sign that was like warning gay That's kiss right. and it's like it's like what are you doing? That's like think about how insane that is. It's crazy. It, 
It's so hey, sad. Is, uh, that's gay Gene Simmons. That's gay Ace Freely. You know, instead of the black and white face paint, uh-huh. of course, it's all rainbow face paint. I would go to that show. That'd be dope. It'd be a good show. Warning, gay kiss, and you get inside, and it's a concert. It's where you Gene get Simmons. On Twitter. <laughs> it's just sad that that headline became a big narrative around that movie's release when it's really not a big deal with so, the movie this at all. Is it's cool actually a pretty me. nice moment in the movie, yeah. to be honest with you. I knew nothing about this. I haven't heard about it. Uh, I haven't heard anyone complain. I haven't seen the headlines. I'm totally living under a rock in the middle of the desert and and uh i know nothing this is this is news to me but now but to be clear i don't think that those headlines would impact the box office of this movie to that degree like obviously people just weren't going out to see this movie it's as simple as that and you know uh, there were some mixed reviews on it i don't think that's the reason why either i think I ain't because... gonna go watch no gay spaceman movie, and I ain't taking my family to see no gay spaceman either. Yeah. No, see, I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that's what happened. Um, the, I, I mean, when it comes to these movies, man, like Jurassic uh, World, like, it was in my face 24-7 for, like, two weeks, three weeks before it came out. I, I mean, you, I hardly saw trailers for this movie. Uh, I would see them every now and again. Honestly, the trailers weren't that exciting. Uh, I feel like they did a lot of like unimportant moments in their trailer. It just didn't grab me, you know. Um, I want to see it, and I'm a fan of Toy Story, but like this movie really wasn't hyped up the right way for me. I don't know. I just I'm yeah. not that excited. That's that's fair, and I think that a lot of the parent children relationship of movies and going to the movies i think changed during the pandemic and in my opinion that's really the the foundation of all this is that interesting we had so many animated movies or kids movies that came straight to disney plus or straight to streaming services and now i think that's trained a lot of parents to say you know i know for a fact that lightyear is going to come to disney plus at some point I can wait and wait until it comes out instead of taking our family of four to the movies and paying an arm and a leg, yeah. 60 60 to $70 on tickets plus an additional $30 on popcorn and drinks and candy. I I don't need to pay the whole, uh, you know, a hundred plus bucks to take my whole family when I know this is going to come to Disney Plus and my kids can watch whatever's on there. Because That's... people are still taking their families out to these Marvel blockbusters for the family event and paying these big. They don't they don't mind taking the kids out. What it is is specifically Lightyear. Nobody cares about this weird story, this weird perspective. You think it's, it's not too fi- unapproachable of a concept? It is. It is too unapproachable. It's about a character from a series but it doesn't involve anyone else from that series so and it's I mean, not actually that character it's the character that the character's based on and it's not voiced by the original guy so there's so many like asterisks to it even being a lightyear movie they almost should have just called it space rangers and not included buzz lightyear at all yeah, uh, I mean, it's not a buzz lightyear thing yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be the movie that Andy saw that made him want the toys or something like that. Um, 
don't know, Which man. was confusing, because when this movie was announced, Chris Evans tweeted something along... You know, when he was announced as voicing Buzz in the movie, he tweeted something along the lines of, this is a movie not based on Buzz Lightyear the toy, based on Buzz Lightyear the person. And so it made it seem like, oh, Buzz Lightyear was a real person yeah, in that is very, it... Andy's world. And then, yes, you're exactly right, Jahan. And the movie opens with text on the screen. That, uh, I don't have it verbatim in front of me, but it said something like, in 1995, Andy received a toy based <laughs> on a character from his favorite movie. This is that movie. Bro, like, that's, that's how, so, so weird. This is, his Star Wars or his, you know, Andy's Star Wars. So then it creates this whole other question. Like, okay, so this movie was made in the Toy Story universe. What? In like circa 1992. And then Andy saw it and gets a toy in 95. Or, you know, like, how are you supposed to even put it together? I, you know, I just had to not think about it. It is kind of high concept. Yeah. No, I mean. And on top of it, some of the plot stuff, I think, gets a little complicated for younger kids uh, because it almost goes into some interstellar territory here where there's hyperspace travel, where time moves differently in space than on a planet. So he's going on these hyperspace missions and coming back and, and four years or more have passed on the planet. And and so there's some weird things there. Um, it really does seem like they just wanted to tell this sci-fi story and said well let's make it buzz and then that way we can make a lot of money because you can tie it to toy story i completely agree unnecessary. Fair enough. so i didn't see the movie but i did watch the making of and the behind the scenes on disney plus all that stuff because i love that kind of stuff and so they showed the relationships uh and how it was mostly a movie about relationships and about what happens in those four years while he's gone and him making up for lost time and while i'm watching that i'm like no no, I want, like, space rangers, aliens flying around with a jetpack, blasting stuff with his arms. But, like, I'm not even sure if he ever puts on the iconic Buzz Lightyear space ranger costume and, like, flies around and whoops that ass. I don't even know if that's a thing. Uh, and the trailers really didn't make it look that way. Like John said, they weren't exciting trailers. They kind of made it look like, ooh, come see this mystery that would some see what might happen to Buzz Lightyear instead of showing us yeah. these dope action sequences. Yeah, they didn't even show, like, Zerga most of the trailers. But yeah, uh, the, the one thing, I guess, the last thing that I would say that really irked me was that they're like, oh, they've never told the story of Buzz Lightyear the person before. I'm like, there is, like, three seasons of a television show where they tell the story of the Space Ranger Corps. And they're right. they're almost like uh, the Green Lanterns, except, you know, they have spacesuits instead of magic rings. And it's like, they're like galaxy... And it's like, what are you trying to sell me right now? <laughs> like, never before seen except this one to... I don't know. Uh, I'll probably still see it. But yeah, I can definitely wait for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. You know, and that's probably my recommendation at this point is just wait till it comes on Disney Plus. That being said, I think the movie's fine. Like it's it's enjoyable. It's probably mid to lower tier Pixar. And I think to what your your Gary, I think it was you that was saying, like, based on this kind of space story, it really is more of a human story at the at the center of it. Like they're on an alien planet. You don't really see many aliens. You see some alien bugs, but a lot of the main enemies in the movie are robots because of Zerg and Zerg's a robot in the movie. So it's like, you don't really get many aliens. You get some 
space travel stuff, but it, it's really mostly a, a human story set in space and and a quest to rescue a colony of people. Um, but I think it's fine. I think it has enjoyable things about it. If anything, the animation is fantastic. You know, Pixar animation just keeps getting better and better. And so the animation, as far as animated movies go in general, it's top of its game for sure. Uh, but from a plot standpoint, I just it's maybe the most that Pixar's kind of showing its cards as far as their the Pixar formula and what makes a Pixar movie. You know, sometimes I think their stuff is really incredible, but some of them almost seem like they follow the same recipe book. And I think this probably falls more in like the obvious category of that. But I do think that there's things to enjoy here. I think that Chris Evans voicing Buzz is fine in the movie. You know, it, it, it's nothing spectacular. It's just Chris Evans, you know, so. um, But yeah, I'd say I'd say it's fine and and leave it at that. But I I have to admit, despite all that, regardless of reviews, regardless of headlines, I'm surprised that this movie is struggling at the box office as much as it seems to be. That is surprising. And maybe maybe I, that's on me. Maybe I shouldn't be. I love Toy Story, and I really like that entire series. But I haven't seen one in theaters since the first one, um, so this wasn't going to get me to go out and, and and see it. Well, I would say you are in the min- minority there because the three and four both crossed over a billion dollars at the box office, which is crazy. The third I one liked... was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And I liked them, but I'm just, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to rush out to a theater to see most kids' movies. And if I had, it wouldn't have been Lightyear. Totally, totally yeah. understand. So anyway, I, you know, I don't need to uh, drill it into the ground anymore, but I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I just think the narrative around Lightyear is particularly interesting right now. Um, but instead... Let's get into the narrative around Obi-Wan Kenobi, because we talked about the first two episodes in in detail when they came out. And now the whole series has run and we've seen it all, right? All of us have seen it all? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I actually just finished watching the sixth episode moments before the recording of this podcast began. Ooh, so it's nice and fresh out the podcast in your mind. Yeah. Sure, whatever. I mean, I smoked since then. <laughs> so so let's uh let's let's talk about it then cuz I think that when we talked about the first two episodes, I was a little bit higher on those than than both of you, although I think we still all had some positive things to say. I think that for me, it like started on a high and then it kind of dipped. And then I thought the last two episodes were pretty strong. So I'm curious to see what your, you all's thoughts were overall of the series. Overall. Uh, so it had, this series had some really cool moments for sure. Had some really, really cool moments. I was like, Whoa, that's awesome. Uh, this series was completely unnecessary, added nothing to the universe and like was pointless. Like it it had no real point. It didn't add characters to the universe. It, you know, like, are we going to 
see. It didn't strengthen any pre-existing characters. If anything, or it weakened. weakened. Any if anything, yeah, if it anything, might have weakened Darth Vader a little bit. Kind of make Vader look like a bitch uh, at the end for me a little mm-hmm. bit. I was like, that's that's not cool. And I don't know. That's how I felt about um, it, uh, just in vague terms. I I wasn't a big fan. In overall for the entire show, yeah, I I would agree that when it started, I was like, why is this show even being made? Like, we know what happens with their relationship, but maybe there's something cool here. And then by the middle, conceptually, I was I was pretty into it because um, it it took their the relationship of Darth Vader and Obi Wan. It took it to the next level for me, where now I realized that there was this moment where he found Obi-Wan, and he was almost going to have him, and Obi-Wan was going to slip away and disappear again. And I thought conceptually, how frustrating for Darth Vader uh, as a big, powerful bad guy, how, how frustrating that must be. And then by the time we got to the end, that wasn't what happened, um... It did cheapen Darth Vader, and it didn't make any other characters any stronger or better. Um, Some of the characters they introduced to the series that I didn't like, that I thought were pretty bad characters, were still bad and pretty pointless by the end. Um, Of course, I'm talking about the third sister or the first leader or whatever her name ended up being by the end. Uh, But she was just just really... Man, her, her... arc was just not great uh it was just not fun to watch i actually liked her a lot i don't know the series as a whole but uh not a huge fan of that series i don't think i'd watch it again but i think everything y'all are saying is fair i mean i i can understand the it not being necessary or being kind of pointless i i would say though my only counter argument to that is i had a pretty fun time for the most part watching this like i never felt like it was truly a slog or anything i i enjoyed it i thought for the for most part it looked pretty good and um it was kind of neat to see i'm just gonna should we just leave it open to spoilers is that spoiler alert spoiler i thought that it was neat to see a more versatile Vader in combat because, yes. you know, if you watch the original star Wars series, obviously they don't have the same kind of choreography. And then the prequels had more fluent lightsaber combat, but was so heavy on the CG. And this one, it was kind of neat to see, you know, we got the little tease in rogue one, but I thought seeing Vader in action was cool. And I know there's the fans of the animated series that have seen, probably seen it more so there, but still seeing it this way, I thought it was cool. I thought at the beginning, I was like, why did they bring back Hayden Christensen just to wear the suit? Yeah. But by the end of it, I thought that it was a bit justified in bringing him back. Um, and if anything, he hasn't had the most, you know, the most wonderful career since his Star Wars movies. So good for him and, and for maybe getting a little bit more closure with this character and then and then bringing him back. Um, cause I enjoyed the, in the, I think it was the fifth episode when they did the flashback scenes with Anakin and Obi-Wan. I really enjoyed that. Me too. Uh, um, those were so bad. <laughs> oh, I liked so it. Bad. I liked, I liked too. it too. The, the dialogue 
was the same dialogue over and over and over. They just kept, Obi-Wan kept telling Anakin the same thing. It was really hard to watch from a dialogue standpoint. I thought even with the de-aging, I was like, well, this is the best performance we've seen from Hayden Christensen in Star Wars. In this, just in this little scene where he's digitally de-aged. Yeah. It was particularly uh, the other guy who was so bad. Uh, you hate Ewan McGregor. I really do. Yeah. He's oh, so flat and boring. I Wait, thought he was Oh good. my god, it every was. single episode, yeah, he's so it. bad. He's so bad. What do you guys see in this guy? He's a good Man, guy. he's know. got like one voice. He's got one face. He talks at one speed. Oh, he's so boring. I mean, we all have one. Voice I think and maybe face, he. But... <laughs> I think he ruined the prequel. No actors, Jahan, are supposed to have more than one voice and one face. That's why <laughs> they're professional actors. Be... Like I knew that you felt this way, but I didn't realize this was going to be your hottest take amongst all this. Because I, I do terrible. like Ewan McGregor a lot. Ewan I, McGregor I like is him. trash and should be flushed down the toilet. No, no, stop. No, he's. I like him in this. I, I do. I mean, and... He's definitely a better actor than Hayden Christensen, but I mean. That's well, why yeah. they put a mask on Hayden Christensen, and I have no complaints about him and his stupid face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we got to see a lot more cool Vader stuff. That's what I was excited for, uh, which is why I was upset at, like, the end. But. Um, the scene where he's, like, dragging people through fire and, like, going bananas and, like, being badass as shit um, in, like, the middle of the, the season. And then when he grabs that spaceship out of the sky with the Force, I was like, holy shit, like, that was cool. That's what I wanted to see. Brings it down and rips the whole sidewall off. That yeah, was great. Yeah, he just, like, he, he destroyed it. And then, you know, obviously there was the second one, which is stupid. I didn't like that. Uh, I thought that was kind of a, a cheesy, you know, switch. We got him with the switcheroo. It was kind of, yeah. it was kind of yeah. silly. Um, but it was really cool to see him do that. Um, I thought, see, Reva, I liked more and more as the story went on. Uh, I thought it was cool that, yeah, we were right. She was a youngling that, mm -hmm. you know, was part of the slaughter and she had to deal with all that stuff. Um, and she wanted I to kill Darth Vader. we talked about it on here that y'all had right. made that prediction. So I, it wasn't shocking, if... obviously, but I thought that was, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, we called that one, yeah. If mm -hmm. I deal with all that stuff, you mean that they just fast-forwarded and didn't explain anything, then, yeah, she had to deal with all that stuff. She had to survive Order 66. Yeah, and then they just fast-forwarded to right now. Yeah. Well, they didn't fast-forward. We were already at right now. Then they flashbacked. But, yes, they didn't fill yeah, in so the, the we Yeah, so we didn't have to see any of her surviving all the stuff or dealing with no. Are you stuff. saying you're more interested in seeing her having to survive on her That'd own, cool. infiltrating the dark side? Yes. Know, showing her like, how did she visitor? get there? Yeah, that'd, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're right. How that is a cool story. Where she's from? And I she feel did like it. they just they jumped. They didn't explain much with her, and then she was trying to constantly fight for someone else's uh, approval the entire time. It's all her character wanted to do was revenge and approval. We well, all know she, all she, you have to do is make your lightsaber red, and you say "er," and then you're a bad guy, and that's it. That's all you got. Now you're a dark Jedi, and no one yeah. asks any questions about where you're from. Well, so you hold your hand out like this in a choking motion. <laughs> that's it. That's all you do. Well, so she, 
I mean, the reason she wanted Darth Vader's approval was so that she could get close enough to kill him, I feel. Uh, and then she tried. I thought it was cool that she tried. She crossed blades with Vader. That's sick. Uh, and then she went down, uh, but wound up surviving, which was cool enough, I guess. I thought it was weird no. that nope. she, um, I thought it was weird that she went after Luke. Like, I was like, oh, okay, wait. thank you. Because this was one of the things that I got hung up on too, yeah. is Obi-Wan kind of gets her figured out. She has her opportunity against Vader. He gets the better of her, you know, stabs her. And I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, she's, she's dead. And then she wasn't, you know, and the eight, the fifth episode ends with the cliffhanger of her finding the, the communicator that Obi-Wan had um, with Organa. And so I, when she got it and heard it, I thought, my thought was like, okay, so what? Like, why does that matter? We know that she's in it to try to get Vader. So like, what does that matter? I didn't really understand the I motivation. Understand either. And that was the only thing that stood out to me in the, the finale as well as she goes from that to then like being on Tatooine immediately when Obi-Wan is still on the, their ship that they used to escape. And I was wondering like, how did these times line up that she is already on Tatooine getting into this battle with, with the uh, well, if Owen we Lars and the then, map, and then and then <laughs> Obi Wan gets there by the end of the whole confrontation. I'm like, after having this whole fight with Vader on an entirely different planet, that so, was the whole thing that stood out to me. I'm like, how so is this? That's fair. Lining up, I think so. They were heading to Alderaan, I believe. I think um, Tatooine is like central to the system, which is why so many of these stories take place there, and then. Obi-Wan went somewhere else to lure Vader. Don't know what planet that is. Uh, it must have been really close, though, is the point. Yeah, it must have been really I'm, close. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, it just, I'm guessing, like, I just was shocked that he goes from being on this ship to being on another planet fighting Vader to being on Tatooine yeah. all within the span of, like, a couple hours, So I, I guess. I, I, I don't know how long, how much time has surpassed during the whole Luke I feel like I've, I've looked it up before, but I feel like it doesn't take that long to cross the far, far away galaxy uh, for whatever reason. It's like, I don't know. I I, I feel like I looked it up. But I agree yeah, with you, Drew. Is... The timeline did not add up. Obi-Wan was in too many scenes too quickly, affecting the plot in too many ways. I was, if yeah. it were a tabletop role-playing game, that character is in too many scenes. Yeah, He's affecting the plot at too many times. Times on too many planets at once. It did not make sense, and it was not good. I was reminded, I agree. Of... and the reason it felt that way is because that Tatooine crap was just plugged in there. The whole Luke Skywalker thing didn't feel like it should have existed. It didn't feel right. Yeah. Her motivation wasn't there, and then Obi Wan was there. Yeah. It, it felt shoehorned in, and they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to close it because it shouldn't have existed in the first place. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, so I I, I was thinking of episode, what is it? Not seven, eight. Episode eight. Um, the one where they're on the spaceship for a lot of it and they're like slowly evading or whatever. Like, we can't jump to warp. I got that flashback because like, remember, they leave the ship in a drop ship, they make it back, they still haven't caught, you know, like all that. Like, I got a lot, I did get that too to your point of the timelines. Um, it felt, it felt weird and dumb. Um, 
usually one to think too hard about that kind of stuff. I'm I'm usually the type to say, yeah, okay, you know, you got hyper speed or whatever, you know, I'm willing to overlook it. But just in this particular episode, it it was almost disorienting for me of like it opens and and Reva's already on Tatooine. And I'm like, well, how'd you get there when you were just stabbed and you're laying on the ground? Wherever y'all were, I, I don't know. That's thought it was out to funny me. that she got stabbed in the stomach by a lightsaber and survived. And so did the guy that we thought she killed. Because he also got stabbed in the stomach and survived. But I guess that's what happens when you get stabbed by a blade that closes the wound it makes. Uh, it's you all can about survive. the will to live, man. Yeah, I guess. Um, I thought it was funny that they brought... So I was happy that they brought the Inquisitor guy back because he. I thought he was cool. But then... He didn't do anything and was yeah, pointless. He out, yeah, he walked out the door. Yeah, was, that was it. It was like, I don't know, man. I'm still alive. All it's, right, I'll see you next week. You see, the reason why I was excited that Reva uh, survived and, like, continued her story, even though I, the whole Luke thing was weird, uh, I was like, they keep creating characters. I don't want them to just, oh, okay, yeah, we made a character. She's dead. We made a character. She's dead. Because then, you know, we're just watching, uh, which is, like, a, a lot of the problem people have with Rogue One. It's like, they just made all these characters. Now they're gone. It's closed loop. It's over. I liked Rogue One, but same thing. Um, so I was happy that a character survived this ordeal and could be in the extended universe in the future. Um, yeah. I mean, literally everyone's survived the entire ordeal. And she isn't and did not help and was not motivated to help by Obi-Wan during the Rebellion. During it. Uh, Episodes four, five, and six, she wasn't there and didn't help. Yes. Which yeah. So they didn't they made a character for no reason. And when she she could have died. She should have died. She was a youngling and her she came full circle and she almost got her revenge and it should have been a bigger moment and she should have died. But instead, they gave her a really bad wrap up ending. Uh they gave her some bad weak moments and now she disappears into obscurity. It would have been cool. Uh, unless they bring her back in another show, because yeah. I guess they could make other shows in this timeline. I think they But they're... as it stands, they didn't do anything. I think they want to make more shows in this timeline. I'm not sure. We'll like we'll have to wait and see. But I it might have been cooler for her to have come closer to killing Vader and have died. Uh yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like if she had cut his mask open and then, like, he, like, ripped her limbs off with the Force. That would have been something I'd watch. Yep. That'd be cool. Yep. Um, and I, I do like the Inquisitors in general. I like, do the, the idea of them. And I, I would like to see more of them in the live-action shows. Like, I, you know, there's yeah. still a lot of room for them to play with that concept. And, more you know, Inquisiting. It was yeah, weird. we've seen it in the Fallen Order video game and in, in some of the animated shows. I, I'd like to see more of it here. I think there's some things to explore there. Did, did that, what was his name, Fifth Brother Guy or whatever die or something? Because, like, he was gone, too. And then, like, so nope. he, he never came I back. I think he died. He never came back. The other guy came back, did nothing. It was just weird, man. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, it was weird that they brought the, so the original weird. Grand Inquisitor from the series back at the end, only for him to just say, ah, I'm back, and then that was it. Never, Not even appear again. Mm -hmm. It was weird. I don't know, man. They made a lot of weird choices. And then, I guess we have to so talk have about the fight. Yeah, this might be like a long-time-lasting Star Wars complaint. Um, and, of course, there's plot holes if you look for them, right? But I, this this one, to me, really stuck out. 
that Darth Vader can feel Obi-Wan's presence on a planet. Like, he could tell he's there. Maybe not exactly where he's at, but he could tell he's there. So they have this big final fight in the end, this big awesome showdown with all this cool earth bending, yes. and Vader, Vader grabs the ground, and it makes an earthquake, and uh, Obi-Wan collapses into a pit, and I was like, damn! And then he goes over, and he's like, gonna smash you with a rock, except he throws it like, just over his left leg and he's like now i got you cause smash you with a rock and he puts it over obi-wan's right leg and he's like cause smash you with a rock and he like puts it across his shoulder and he's like cause smash you with a rock and he puts it over the other shoulder and then he cause smashes him with a rock across his chest and then he cause smashes a rock on top of him but he doesn't ever hit him with any of the rocks like he carefully buries him like rocks around him with sticks yeah. Like, the same way that you would do if you were trying to protect your friend and not smash them with rocks. <laughs> uh, he, like, very, very carefully put him in a safe rock house. Uh, and then walked away like, ah, he's dead. Like, yeah. you would, you feel the force. You know his life force. You know he's not dead. You know you built an igloo around him. Like, you know he's in there. Yeah, you not just only, put him in there. Not and only you can feel his life on a planet. Yeah, not only was his life force still there, he was actively using the force, like, a lot. He was like, force field, and you can't feel that? (laughs) Like, I... I, Yeah, he was like, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man. Yeah, that was was dumb. I had the same complaint. This is the type of stuff that I can't overlook. I'm like, eh, because the force. It's the force. Eh, Obi-Wan's got the force. Maybe he made a force barrier and protected himself from the rocks. And maybe he used the force to... When you use the force... Then you know someone's using the force. It's like turning on the fucking beacon. What if you use the force to make it so somebody else can't sense your force? Bro, if, if only only like Yoda and Mace Windu can do that. If Leia can feel Han Solo die across the galaxy, I feel like Darth Vader should know that his like most significant friend, influence master. and best friend is still alive, feet away. Is all right that's all I'm right saying. To- like, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's just too he's too caught up in his emotions and being like, yeah, I did it, and and being too cocky, and then he's not using the force properly, which is why Obi Wan's able to get the drop. And on also, him and go, yeah, 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 and then slice his helmet open. Yeah, and he also turned he off his even... ears because Obi Wan's like, oh, I'm holding up rocks loudly, like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like it was yeah, quiet, and then, like. Why did Obi-Wan throw, like, an avalanche rock storm? Yes. Yeah, that's the other thing. So I was complaining about that. What's with all the cool. rocks all of a sudden? Like, why is rocks the thing? There was never well, any Well, they were on a rock planet. planet. Yeah, of course they, they, were they were. On the, they were on the rock planet. But, like, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan doesn't get down like that. Obi-Wan they doesn't had to showcase use the that. force to throw rocks and meteors and stuff. They had to showcase he got his mojo back, and he could lift yeah, all those rocks and throw them in. Vader, Vader is bad like that, though. Obi-Wan's not bad like that. When, when Obi-Wan was standing there with his lightsaber and all the rocks floating behind him, all I could think of is, like, the memes online of all the, like, old Hispanic ladies that have pictures of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, like, on altars, because they think it's a picture of Jesus. That's all I could think about. I was like, that's hilarious! He is risen! Uh, I thought it was really funny. I think it's easy, it is easy with any of these shows, be it Marvel, Star Wars, to just, like, sit and pick it apart and talk about the things yeah. that you don't like. And I understand that. I, I did think that visually... Regardless of what you think about Vader and how he was treated in this, I thought the fight between them did look cool. But I thought when 
Obi-Wan's able to, to slice into Vader's helmet and you see his face and you hear him speak and it goes in and out of his actual voice and then the and the helmet voice. I thought from an audio standpoint, editing standpoint, it was really well done. I thought that was, yeah, that was cool. it sounded cool. Yeah. That was the coolest moment in the entire finale to me. Um, I thought Vader did cool shit all the time in this show, and it was dope. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have made an Obi Wan show, but they should have made a Darth Vader show. Absolutely, and it could have been about Star Killer, his friggin' uh, apprentice from the video games. There's you could the, also uh, have tied into the Obi Wan storyline. It could have been a little bit about him hunting down Obi Wan, also, and that's where you could have used Ewan McGregor instead of making it an Obi Wan show. Uh, I think I'd rather see a Vader show. The Vader comics have done some really good storylines, um, the ones that Marvel have put out, and there's some cool stuff to explore there. And if you can get, you know, a good, like a whole a Vader show, I would be down. I just want to see Vader going around doing Vader stuff. Vader's With awesome, nobody getting man. in his way. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, but then, you know, Vader's one of the greatest bad guys of all time. If you put him as the lead in a show, does he almost become an anti-hero? And does that make him... Does it kind of defeat the whole purpose? I, I don't know. Even though he does get redeemed in the end anyway. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just like watching was, Vader do Vader stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about a good idea for a show the other day. Actually, earlier today. Where you live in... It's it's about people who live in the Empire. And they've, they're on like an outworld, outer rim planet. And it's been basically run by warlords and spice traders and gangsters. And then the Empire takes over. So now they have consistent trade and spaceports and some modicum of police... So they love living under the Empire, their life is better, everything's more safe, and then rebels come and start blowing up infrastructure, and so it's about how the Empire and regular people hate the rebels, and, and they hate what they stand for, and rebels destroy their way of life. Sorry, I had a, I had a computer issue. Um, there's one other thing... From this to talk about which is the cameo at the end the very end no nothing i don't know if i saw it oh oh yeah he's a ghost ghost oh boy. yeah ghost. yeah they brought, um, they brought back the qui-gons i couldn't say that that was too surprising either i'd seen some interviews where liam neeson was like no i'm not in it blah 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 and i'm like you know we just had an entire press tour at the end of last year of Andrew Garfield saying that he, you know, swearing that he was not in Spider-Man No Way Home. So when Liam Neeson's like, nah, I'm not in this. I'm like, you're going to show that's, up as a ghost boy. And he sure did at the very that's end. That's because Liam Neeson is a liar and you sh cannot trust him and you should never like any of his work again. All, all of these shows and movies would have benefited greatly from coming out in the correct chronological order. That's all I can say. If the prequels had been the first movies, and then this came out in between the prequels and the other stuff, and we don't know what happened to the twins, and like blah blah blah, it would have been probably a little cooler. Um, but I don't know. Which is, which is why we just need more original Star Wars yes. content that has no ties to the Skywalker saga, no ties to the original. There's an entire galaxy far far away to lore <laughs> see you can have some new you guys you guys remember that time that dark jedi flew to tatooine and then 
couldn't kill a moisture farmer that was trying to fight her bro, with a muffler it, and then bro. got her ass beat by the moisture farmer's wife but she couldn't beat her in a fight either and then she couldn't beat a 10 year old in a foot race across a flat desert but then later the 10 year old's parents were looking for him and they walked 30 feet from the house and screamed his name over and over without taking any more steps or spreading out or getting in a vehicle, they just stood in the front yard of the desert <laughs> yeah, saying scary. Luke over and over. Remember any of that? Well, I watched that show it, was not good. I watched not it with the problem here. I watched it with Jenny, and when she was fighting uh, Rue and Owen, I was like, if they win, what the hell is the point? What of is that? No that? wonder she couldn't beat Darth Vader. Yeah, she's like, I, I, I also said the thing. I was like, they're moisture farmers. She's the worst dark Jedi that ever existed. I feel like they just did her dirty. Uh, I don't know, man. They were trying to build up the wrong characters. <laughs> you don't need to build up Uncle Owen and Aunt, uh, Aunt no. Brew. No, you They're moisture not. farmers. Why are they secretly badasses with yeah, guns? Badasses. Where was yeah, that are. when they got executed by the Empire? <laughs> but whatever. I will say I, I will say this. I want to give our friend Blake... A shout out on the show because he's a mega Star Wars fan and I mean I'm a, a Star Wars nerd to an extent but he for sure puts me to shame and so I and he you know has watched all the animated shows and everything and just he had sent a message that he said and I'm just going to read what he sent he said this isn't really spoiler so I'll just say uh Clone Wars really enriched the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan for me and there was a moment in the finale of Obi-Wan that I legit cried. This show is fan service. Nobody asked for it, but I personally am glad we got it. Casual fans won't like it as much. Um, and that was his thing, was just basically how he was... Having watched The Clone Wars, he said there was a lot of growth between Anakin and Obi-Wan. And so seeing some of those things come be expanded upon here or you know that it gave him that fan service that he you know in his mind it was worthwhile and i think i enjoyed watching it too so i'm not going to sit here and say like i don't wish we had gotten this show because i don't think that that's fair to say i mean was it necessary yeah. probably not i feel like you can say that about a lot of disposable content um but i i thought the show was was fine i thought it was produced well i thought it looked good the question is um, really not is it necessary because playing video games isn't necessary and none of the shows are necessary. The question is, should they made this show? And the answer is no, they shouldn't have made this show, I don't think. They should have made a different show. I uh, well, I do not see. think oh. that this show was good, but it did have a lot of good moments. Um, and one of them was, yeah, the moment when uh, Ewan McGregor and, or when Obi-Wan like realized the Anakin's gone was cool. Um, I just didn't, you know, that wanted to get me, but yeah, I don't know. I, I could have, I could have lived without this show for sure. All right. Well, on that note, we'll move on to a show that I actually have not watched. Uh, but you both are watching umbrella Academy season three. I know you're still, Jahan's been binge watching it. I think a little more so than Gary. Is that right? Yeah, I've seen like seven. Yeah, Gary's so, seen like three. Yeah, I watched three, and I I watched them passively. Uh, I'm I was out of town, and I had company, and we had it on, and I was watching it. Um, and I would like to rewind it and start over so I can really catch some of the some of the finer things going on. Um, but from what I've seen so far, it isn't 
bad. Like, obviously, right? Because I have the intention of rewinding and starting over. So it's it's not bad. Um, I, I really was big fan of season two. And I don't know if this season right now, it, it, I've only seen three episodes. Surely it will get better or worse. It'll do one of the two. I'm just not sure if it will be better or worse than season two at this point. Yeah, so season one was pretty good. Uh, season two is fantastic. Season yeah. three, uh, for me, I think it's really good. I think it has a lot of uh, cool stuff going on, a lot of interesting character development. Um, I like the Sparrow Academy, which is like... Right, so in season three, we get a lot of new characters. A lot. We get the Sparrow Academy. Yeah, and they all have their own powers. Uh, one of the members of the Sparrow Academy is Ben, who is actually um, the original Umbrella Academy's like dead sibling. Um, yeah, he was the original number four, and he's passed away. But in this alternate timeline that they've wound up in, uh, Ben, their deceased brother, is one of the members of the Sparrow Academy. And he's so dick. they're all like, oh, crap, that's our dead brother. Yeah, and like he's like, I don't know you. Uh, but then, yeah, I like the other uh, characters, too, that are part of this. Uh I think you like Alfonso. I think his name is the guy with like the melted face. Um, yeah, yeah. He has like his face is really just disfigured. It. I think it ties into his powers because like if you punch him, like you get hurt. Like he has like power, like damage swapping kind of ability. So his face is all like weird. Uh, but he does. He, he walks around like he looks great, <laughs> uh, which I really appreciate. <laughs> that guy has a lot of confidence. Um, one really of the like... characters is like a sentient cube. Yeah, one of the characters is a cube. <laughs> like it's a floating cube that goes and like they understand him, and that's really funny. Um, and then I like Faye, who is she's blind, but she can see through these ravens that she can summon. She's like a bird summoner, that, and like it's actually kind of messed up the way she does it. Um, I don't know. I think that this season's really cool. Uh, they deal with the whole Elliot Page uh, transformation really well. Um, you know, everyone's... Yeah, I would I would say it didn't... Uh, I, I was curious how it would affect the storyline. And then, you know, I'm not a professional writer by any means, but I've always been interested in writing a show or a comic book or something. And if I were a writer and one of my performers had a gender change, I would be like, oh shit, what do I do with that character? You know, like in my mind, that character was male or female, what have you. Uh, and so, to me, that really throws a wrench to the writer and, and to the story you're going to tell. But they did such a great job. Uh, they they move. They they they. It's flawless. It doesn't interrupt the story. It's not some big crashing moment where you're trying to decide whether or not it fits in. It's fine. Uh, the transition is seamless as a viewer and a person watching. The characters don't make an issue of it, so you don't make an issue of it. Uh, it seems like a really natural flow and transition. So that that to me was really great. So yeah, like I mean, yeah. What I like in shows and things like this, where you, because we live in such a um, like a tabloid world, where you kind of know what are going, what's going on sometimes in personal lives of celebrities and such, and when they can incorporate that into the story of, you know, our piece of art that they're in, um, I think that's well to bring it full circle and for me to talk about Top Gun again. Um, they do this with uh, Iceman in the new Top Gun and with with Val Kilmer because we know he has um, some some pretty 
say severe health problems in, in yeah. real life and especially affecting his voice and everything and they incorporate some of those things into the movie in a very well done well well done way that's very tasteful and so um i think that it i think that when you do that it makes it makes it easy to accept what's going on in the storyline of what you're watching because it's you're real. right and I tell you what was kind of strange for me from my standpoint and from, from my perspective is we grew up on like X-Men, right? 90s X-Men cartoon and that kind of thing. And you did, well, there was never the point where they said Cyclops is a female. Like Cyclops had uh, Cyclops identifies as a female and Cyclops has always identified as a female. That didn't happen. Um, but because of the time we live in, and Umbrella Academy being current, uh, it's a current series that is being written, they can work with their performers, they can work with their actors, their plot, their story, and make these stories shown and seen and understood, which I think is really cool. Um, you know, it's not a new character. You know what I mean? It's it's current. To be able to see this is the first time this has ever happened, I think. I really like it. It's definitely, it's definitely, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the first time, but yeah, I can't think of another time. Uh, no, it, I mean, they, they do it well. They do it tastefully. Uh, it's not pandering. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's representation matters and this is good representation. And, I, I, and that's I was afraid it might it. be a little pandering and it's, it's not yeah. at all. Um, I'd like to catch up on this one at some point. I actually watched half of season one. Um, and actually really liked it from what I saw, but I just was, that was when I was really in a more adamant, like, I don't want to watch TV shows moment in my life, um, which I've been actually, y'all have kind of seen it happen in real time as we've been recording the show. Cause I watch a lot more TV these days than I was even a year ago. Um, but still it's one, it's one that I just got caught up with other things and literally just dropped off in the middle of the season yeah. when there was a pretty big cliffhanger in the episode that I had just seen. So um, I'd probably what go I really back like uh, Umbrella Academy, the first season doesn't really have the best storyline, but the characters uh, are really what you fall in love with in the first season. If you can really fall in love with the characters uh, and some of their performances, then that's what you're looking for. And then season two has a lot more of a story. They they kind of I think they knew what they were doing going into season two. They had an idea. Um, I, I actually really like the story. The, the characters, one, but I agree that season two is a lot better. Like season two is really good. And then I did not like Luther at all in season one. The the number one, the main guy, the sort of Hulk like simian ape guy. Yeah, um, he's like, and he really came yeah. around during season two. Season two and then season three, I actually think he's like really he's come he's come a long way. Uh, I like Luther a lot in season three. Uh, five just becomes such a cool character. Like five is always a cool character. I think the actor does a really good job. Uh, it's five and Klaus. If if you can't get behind five and Klaus, Klaus then that is, show's not for you. Klaus is easily the best character. <laughs> Klaus it's is those the best. two. If if you had to recast either of those characters, that show might be unwatchable. Um, and so that's what I mean by you have to fall in love with these performances because sometimes the plot is kind of uh, not cheesy. Sometimes it's kind of bad. Sometimes it's kind of loose. Um, but the performances from Five and Klaus are amazing. Yes. The actor who plays Luther in Umbrella Academy was in 
the newest Resident Evil movie that Jahan and I went and saw together. Yeah, uh, he was Wesker, right? Yeah, he plays Wesker in the (laughs) new Resident Evil movie. That movie was just a big old diaper full of fun, friend. I don't even remember you guys seeing that. That's how uh, much of a diaper it must have been. We saw it together and talked about it on the podcast. I I know, I remember in hindsight... But, uh, yeah, Keon. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, Keon was in What's up, Keon? How you doing? Um, so what do you say, Jahan? You tell people they need to watch, they need to watch this? I've been you telling You need to get people, in on Umbrella Academy? Uh, yeah, if you haven't been in on Umbrella Academy, you're missing out. Umbrella Academy's fantastic. Um, the, the casting is always good. All the characters. Like, every character they bring in here. They always, they pull a lot of actors that you, you don't necessarily see a lot. Um, a lot like of, Elliot Page, personally. Elliot Page but I didn't, is. I didn't like a lot of Ellen Page's work Elliot, before either. Elliot Page is the most well-known actor uh, in the show for sure. Um, who yeah. was, who was this in the first season? Like Mary Jo Blige or something? I don't remember. It was uh... Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, the uh, the time travel police. Yeah, who was that? They I, were. I remember it was. They were great. Singer. Are they not even in the future seasons? That's just a season one thing. Something like that. They're in season two, I thought, also. It's hard to say. Yeah, they're in season two, I think. Uh, they have a whole storyline. And so, yeah, it's a, I, I'm sure we don't want to spoil it for you guys, but they have a whole storyline that they go through. They stop being secondary characters and kind of become primary characters for just a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Mary Jane Yeah, Mary Jane Blige is a bad guy and a badass. And it was such a cool, I don't know, it was pretty good. Um, I like Umbrella Academy. It really has, to me, X Men vibes. Uh, really reminds me of of X Men, except yeah. uh, they were all adopted by the same dad on the same day. They were all born with a superpower, and the dad is not like Professor X. Dad's uh, a dick. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And so that's I really think that's cool. I like this sort of it's almost X Men in my head type of thing. A lot of the powers are things that are new and cool that I'm not used to. Uh, like, one guy can talk to and see ghosts and dead people, uh, but he's not super fond of that, so he's always jacked up on drugs trying not to let that affect his life. Uh, there's a girl who has the power, and no matter what she says, you have to do it, so that also screws up her life really bad, so she's sworn off her power. Um so you get a lot of neat things going on here. Uh, a lot of mix-ups with powers you've never seen before. I like Umbrella Academy just for that. Just because it looks like if you threw sort of a what-if in the blender. Yeah, their powers are really interesting. Especially when you consider the Sparrow Academy's uh, addition of their powers. Uh, you saw you saw the dance scene, right, Gary? That was so stupid. I was I laughing. I was laughing really hard because uh, I figured something was going on, and then yeah, um, that's a funny. So superpower. every single season, this director does some kind of dance scene, some mm-hmm. kind of dance moment with all the characters, and so straight into the first episode of the third season, there's a huge dance number, and it was so Footloose. so stupid. Footless. No, I liked yeah, it. I it thought it was footless. hilarious. I was laughing really hard. I thought it was great. Because it was supposed to be kind I of a funny what the a... hell moment. I hate that there's a dance number every season. I hate it. It does not bother me. I mean, I don't know. It, it seems par for the course. 
I liked the one in season one, so I'll say that. I saw enough of it to see that, and that so was of course you did. I was kind of on board with the show. The, so good needle the, drops. Second, the second season has uh, a really similar dance sequence to the first season, but the third season is way dumb. I think I, the third season is, is one of my favorites. I like it. I like it a lot. It's really funny. I don't want to say... I don't want to say that it's a dance-off between the Umbrella Academy and the Sparrow Academy to Footloose, Drew. I don't want to say that. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's but only making me want to watch it more. It, it, it works in the story perfectly well. It's really good. I like it a lot. Um, it does work in the story. That's actually true. Yeah. I think it's great. But yeah, I don't know. This, this series gets epic. A lot of cool stuff happens. A lot of great visuals. A lot of great character stories. Uh, Umbrella Academy is a, definitely a certified fresh must-watch. I agree. It's. Uh, I don't think that Umbrella Academy is necessarily good. Uh, but it, it I do like it, and I do think that it's fun to watch. I think it's Especially great. as a fan of superhero stuff. I'm not sure if that's true, but I like it. Yeah, I think it's great, and I don't know. I definitely think everyone should watch it. Cool. I think that's all we've got for this episode, because we're going to be back next week with our typical kind of inf info drop, you know, of, of everything that our we've Our typical been info drop? You mean our 52nd one-year anniversary here? Yeah, that'll yeah, that'll wow. be the next episode. Yeah, we next do, episode we, we have episode fifty two, a year of podcasts. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. One <laughs> year of looking Some at moment. Drew's ugly mug. We can we can <laughs> we can talk through some highlights next week. We'll, Absolutely. we'll do that for sure. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We've been fresh out the podcast. I've been Jahanon at Rock Fact on Twitter. It's me, Casualty. CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG on all the social medias. Also, if you want to hear me and Jahan every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can do that at twitch.tv backslash Jahananon. We play tabletop role-playing games, things that are like Dungeons & Dragons, except that they aren't Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we're going to be playing Modern Age soon. Every other Friday, we play in Fantasy Age soon. Every Thursday is going to be Thursday again on Fresh Out the Box. Uh, so come check me and Johanna. We're playing games, chilling. We're having fun. It's great. We love it. And I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And you can catch me every week on Fresh Out the Podcast. Talking movies and TV with these guys. And this is it for episode 51. Fresh Out the Podcast. We'll see you next week. Stay fresh.